Welcome to the Living Social Justice podcast, an initiative of Common Good and Common Ground, where we'll explore our lifestyle response to topics of social justice. Our hope is that a growing number of Christ followers begin to individually and collectively live out justice, creating a groundswell of positive change in our society. Hi, I'm Sharon Kloppers from the Common Good team, and I'll be your host today as we explore another topic of social justice. So for this episode, I have Lux Kent here with me. Lux, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, maybe just so to good. start us off, I know that Lux Kent is actually officially your stage name. Yes. So maybe just start us off by giving people a little bit of a background. Why do you have a stage name? Just tell people, what do I you do? I try rap, I try rap. That's what I tell people back home. Or oh, actually, no, everyone who asks me, what do, like, what do I do? I'm like, I just try rap. I try to make <laughs> rap music. Um, so, yeah, me and a dude of mine called Groot, we've been rapping for quite a while together. And we do stuff. We do a whole lot of music stuff. And we jump up and down. And we seem weird. You're way too fun. humble, Lex. Tell people what your, what your rapping group is called and where people can find you and how they can come and watch you. So you can find us online, um, Lux Kent, and another guy is Groot. Groot is Grace and Truth. So that's Facebook, Instagram, all the stuff. And then we've got a website called livinglegacymovement.com. Livinglegacymovement.com. Living, yeah. Yes. Great. Livinglegacymovement.com. Okay. Where they can find all our music, find all our videos, and um, see all that, all that cool stuff. So Very I guess it cool. sounds cool now when you like, I rap and like it's Lux Kent, but it also helps. Because people just push up my name all the time. <laughs> so Lex Kent just helps. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. Tell us a bit more about your background. So I know you are now here working on staff at Common Ground Church for Inner yeah. City. You're playing an implementer role. But you haven't always lived in Cape Town. Tell us a bit about your background, how you got to be living here and yes. working here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm from the Eastern Cape. Um, my, I'm a son of a preacher man. Uh, oh. my, my father's a preacher. And so I grew up going to church, um, not and hating it for all of my life until the gospel rocked my heart when I was 17. Through a friend of mine called Joseph, who's, on, who's from Zimbabwe, who was down for about a year or so, and just shared the gospel to me and just made Jesus seem so real. Wow. And at that time, I was already making music. And so I was like, man, I really wanted to make music for my people because I'm, I was struggling with the music with the music that I was listening to at that mm. time. And so the gospel just just made me alive and just found Jesus and I was like, man, I want to be a culture architect. I want to I want to mm. influence culture the way the the way that Jesus has influenced me. I want to hopefully be play a part in other people's lives. And so did that uh, from about 16 to 17. So I've been doing that for quite a while, like making music and doing all that. And then uh, moved to Cape Town. Um, didn't want to move to Cape Town, but I did. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I came here, studied uh, the side, and now um, love the local church. I think wow. it's the hope of the world. Beautiful. And, uh, and just being part of it and getting to play a part in it is just amazing. I feel like I'm living my dream. That's beautiful. Tell us a bit more about what you actually do for the inner city congregation. What does the implementer role yes. actually entail? And what does that it's look a like? very weird question yes. because I don't know what <laughs> I do. So I do a whole lot of things um, from planning from Sundays to planning events to, uh, you know, preaching and meeting leading and, you know, doing deacon stuff. And so I, I, I basically do what, what the congregation tells me to do. I do all the things that sometimes he doesn't want to do. <laughs> 
<laughs> and um, so it's just basically helping just carry the vision, right. making things happen, um, just being part of the discussions and being part of the thoughts. And so, yeah. Okay, great. So, Lex, the, the main reason behind wanting you to share some of your story today is because you and I have chatted around what you've seen and experienced happening in the Seapoint congregation over the last few, really, months. So it's one of our newest congregations. And maybe just tell people that are listening in, what have you witnessed from the start of this congregation? Just there's been something unique in the geography of where it's been birthed yes, and yeah. what you've seen happening kind of in Sunday meetings, but also in the congregation yes. as um, you've worked together to kind of get this church plant or this new congregation launched. Yes, yeah. I think, I mean, we both, I mean, we just saw a living miracle, really. I think, um, you know, uh, church, church, church planting is beautiful and amazing, but I think church planting in Seapoint is very tough because on one side you have the wealthy of the wealthy, but then also you have the poor of the poor living there. And so you have this this influx of people who are moving to Cape Town, right. want to move to Seapoint, want to stay by the sea. Yes. And it's beautiful, it's safe. You know, there's um, it's a nice breeze. It's, it's a beautiful place. And so, but then what you also have in find, what, what you're finding is an influx of people who don't have much and see Seapoint as an opportunity to make money. Yes. And yes. so you have an influx of poor people, you have an influx of people who just arrived in Cape Town, have nowhere else to stay. So you have a lot of people staying in the beach. And so you yes. find this weird dynamic of some people go to the beach to have fun, but some people stay to the beach. That's where home is. Mm. And um, and so you, I, th I think you're just having those two dynamics. And so how does a local church serve both? And I yes. feel we're called to both. Wow. Um, and I guess the natural thing is to lean towards the other because that's more easier. Right. And so I think we've just, I think we're just being part of the community. The the, the people in the community have, um, I think one been broken. I think also. Mm. God has been doing a great work of discipling their hearts of how do we love and how do we serve these people. And wow. so I think the discussion has changed more of, whoa, that happened on Sunday, of actually mm. how like how can we really serve and love these people. And so there's been beautiful initiatives and a lot of mistakes, mm. which is which is good. Part of the process. And yeah, I think it's it's been beautiful just watching and also just being a part. So can you describe something of what you've seen on a Sunday? I know you spoke to me about just almost people naturally segregating themselves, naturally clinging to one kind of group in a Sunday meeting and how you've had to work hard to build relationships and bridge gaps. How, yes, what yeah. has actually been happening in, yeah, in meetings? Yeah. I think the natural thing with, with any public space that we gravitate naturally to people that look like us, speak like us, or... Or we have similar interests. Interests, yeah. And so, and so that's the nat that's the narrative of what happens in Seapoint. I don't think we've done uh, it very well in terms of how do we integrate? Mm. Because if they're coming in either five minutes into the service or five or, or before the service, they they want to sit where they sit. Mm. And uh, and so I think we've we've done some stuff where we've blocked some some of the pews. There's it's an old stone oh, brick wow. building, so we block some of the pews that people integrate. And and I think you've seen the obvious of people who are sitting down and then they, they move because maybe some people haven't showered for the past week and so hmm. there's there's order issues or um or or maybe they're too loud when they speak or hmm. so you know, so I, I do think we we're still processing of how to really serve 
the homeless, you know? Right. And, and not see them as the homeless, but see them as part of our congregation. Right. Yeah, and so maybe just on that, I mean, you're talking about birthing a church in a space that's been a hotspot for homelessness, specifically yes. in our city. But even as we talk, it's so easy to speak about us and them. They yes. do this and we do that. Yes. And, and actually so much of this is what's happening in our minds and in our hearts about, yeah. about seeing people as different yes. so i know that's been a journey for you personally like yeah. how how do we grow in our ability to find that common ground to find that commonality yeah. where we see ourselves all as made in the image of god and yeah. worthy of dignity and love yeah um how have you grown in that area i mean i think it's super tough and um i think for me it's been a lot more easier in the sense because i've I've witnessed homelessness and a lot of other other stuff. So I guess for me, it hasn't been too much of a challenge. I think for me, from a church, working for a church perspective, mm -hmm. you're thinking about programs or you're thinking about Sunday service, right. you're thinking about songs, you're thinking about sermon illustrations when you're preaching on a Sunday. Naturally, all that stuff is to people that are in my degree or thinking what right. I'm thinking or how I'm processing and doing life. And so how do we integrate our Sunday services, most importantly, to suiting people, uh, everyone, and not just right. some people? Okay. And so I think that's probably been one of the biggest challenges. Yes. I think for me, the one challenge when it comes to people of, or people that are homeless is that um, I think it's you, you see it as a, oh man, this is such a normal thing. Let's, I, I can't change it, you know, because homeless is so complex. It's there's either that addiction or there's either that happened in the past or there's right. either they don't want to get off or there's either you've helped them get into a shelter but then they've escaped because they like staying in the... Right. And so you see it as, oh, you know what, like, let's just, let's just leave it, let's just c continue. Wow. And I guess working for the church, you want to go where there's more food. Yes. But sometimes God is doing stuff in that mess. Yes, yes. And we sometimes don't like to be close to the mess. To the mess. No, that's so true. We want the quick... Um, where can we see the quick fruit? Where can we yes. see the, oh, give me that nice high. Oh, that happened, that happened. This person said yes. this. But maybe. Yes, yeah, so I suppose it's challenging our mindsets of what progress looks like and what um, success looks like yes. in, a, in a congregation. Are there any particular stories that you can think of or that you want to share, specific yeah. stories about yeah. men or women in your congregation? Yeah. I think, I think there's been a lot. Um, and... Uh, I think, yeah, I think there's been, I think one story is within our com congregation of people who are pursuing people that are mm. that are not like them. Mm. That's a miracle. That's that's yes. a miracle. Uh, and so I think we really want to celebrate that. Over then, um, we sometimes want to see that the major fruit. But right. actually, how do people who have never really interacted with the homeless now go to a church where? There's where there's uh, twenty percent homelessness. Wow! And 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 how people's how people are just wanting to engage and wanting to love and wanting to serve mm. with those many complexities, doing it wrong, and figuring it out and leaning on God. And yeah, I mean, there's been some phenomenal stories where people have been helped and some have ended up finding employment. And um, you know, uh, one of the people that have uh, recently just been helped has couldn't couldn't read and write and so they, they were taken through that and they really loved it and so and they just missed going to church they were like man i just want to just want to come back and be with you guys and feeling a sense of this is home and th i'm not treated like a project here i'm not treated yes. as a 
Oh shit, man! These poor people need to help us. So you know, uh, so they're doing their best. But actually, these people really love and they care about me. Yeah. And and seeing the atmosphere within uh, the communities and within the small groups of how they they thinking about how to do small group and how to do outings and how mm. how to live life in community. Wow. When we we trying to integrate people that are homeless. So that's been encouraging. And you can't really, like when God is doing that, that's, I don't think it's any benefit to anyone but God. Yes. Mm. So that's been kind of some of the wins or the progress or what you've what you've been able to see as um successful in in the story. But I know that there've also been lots of challenges and yes. lots of disappointments. Yeah. Um maybe just describe something of what that's looked like where yes. it's not for a lack of effort or for good intention. Yeah. And yet there still seems like disappointment. Yeah. I think with with brokenness in general uh, and with homelessness and and with many of the social ills and and, and some of uh, stuff that happens within our heart is that we really hope that we'd we'd get there give advice or or put something in and as soon as that happens something comes out yes mm. and and sometimes we really do do it with a good heart like we really want you know sorry but people are um it's a compl- it's complex it's complex mm. it is mm super complex and it's got so many um it's got so many levels to it right. and and most importantly i don't think you need i mean think you need, i do think you need someone starting you need someone who's just super prayerful mm. and really close to the heart of god mm. because th- there's too many ups and downs there's right. progress and then they go down ten. Right. you know they climb up 10 steps they go down nine mm. and so you're like oh my goodness i, I spend so much time money and energy Mm. And so I think most importantly, what we need, what people need to realize that we're not serving the homelessness, we're serving God. Right. This, 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 is, this is our service to God. This is our money and time and energy and expertise to God, mm. not to just the person. Right. And I guess, and I guess that changes it over then. We, we're not going to be uh, dismayed by disappointment. Right. And, and we're going to be prayerful when disappointment comes and still mm. keep our joy in Christ. Mm. Because we know, that we know that God is still working. Right. And it might not work the way that I want it to. Mm. So I think people have just been disappointed in some of those things. People don't want help. Uh, people have been offered help and have taken it. People, I mean, the general things of money going missing and cell phones and, you know, um, or helping someone with money and saying they need people. Someone says they need money for this, but they don't really need it for that. And then right. check up. Um, and I think also, I think the general thing of actually don't give money away, which is sometimes the easier thing to do. Yes. Okay, I need help, and then give money away. But like, actually, no. Actually, they, they don't really need your money. They they need something deeper. They, right. they they need a friendship. They need somebody to help actually help take them. Yes. Make their ID. Yes, and, and so and so that's tough when you're working and there's so many commitments. Right. So how do you navigate that? Right. It's always tough. So I think, yeah, I think it's there's been those cons, um, and I think with those cons, God is is discipling and nurturing our hearts of uh, serving these people and loving them. Okay, so we we've spoken a bit about kind of the individual journey and how do we as individuals engage and sign up for the longer process and relationship building. Yes. But just from our side as common good, we've watched something really beautiful happen in your social justice ministry team yes. and how wow. um we've seen people 
going regularly to the Haven in your area and starting to build relationships with the management team there and visiting clients that are staying there and running games evenings and yeah. not having an agenda, but more just wanting to build relationships and really present Jesus to people and be Jesus to people who are in a broken space. Um, and that's been a beautiful process not just for what it's meant for that relationship with the haven but also witnessing the transformation that's happened in the people that have been going yes um, wow. i've loved watching that as an outsider Amazing. which has yeah. been beautiful yeah. and i know that there have been lots of individual stories of people being really moved by their interactions and journeys and relationships with people but homelessness as an issue is as you're saying really complex and we actually can't do this on our own we can't yes. say okay well if we if we just do this and this and this we'll just get a whole lot of people off the streets and yeah. the problem will yeah. be solved we actually got to partner with organizations and people, and people who yeah. are specialized in this and who have been doing this for many years yes. and who actually have the um, the time and the capacity to help in the ways that wow. help is needed. Yes. So yeah. I know that there are a lot of organizations around our city. Mm. I mean, can you speak to some of the organizations that you've had to partner with in terms of getting people the help that they need? Yes. Um, I just forget them all. Um, <laughs> and so I think, but I, I can tell you in terms of involvement. Mm. So I think we've, I think we just use bread and loaves and yes. fishes. Loaves and fishes. Loaves yes. and fishes. Yes. And um, so that that's been one. The, the Haven. We're working very closely with the Haven Shelter. Yes. Trying to get people within, getting people into the shelter. Right. Or people that come into and people that come into our congregations looking for shelter. Mm. Carpenter's uh, shop. Carpenter's shop mm. has also been cool, and uh, so there's been some connection there, and. Um, What's the other place in Claremont? I think there's also um, St. Peter's Community Dinners. So those are happening on yes. Thursday nights. Yes. And those are run by um, Richard Bolland and Craig Stewart. And Richard Bolland heads up New Hope South Africa. So that's yes. also a ministry specifically to homelessness. Yes. In Claremont, there's U-Turn. U-Turn, also mm. working very closely with U-Turn. Yeah. So we um, send a lot of people there as well. So I was amazed when I was chatting to Sam at just realizing the extent of the service that they offer, that a lot of the journey that they're wanting to, to take people on can sometimes be a two, three-year journey wow. with um, rehab and OT and all yes. sorts of services as part of that because the issues involved in homelessness, what actually so. leads to people becoming homeless is so complex and layered yeah. and, and actually quite unique. Yes. So often our interaction is limited to a two minutes at my window while I'm at mm. a robot mm. or um, racing through a station and there's someone asking me for money. Mm. It's very hard in those few seconds of those interactions to actually be able to discern, is this person lying to me? Yes. Can I trust them? Do they really need money for this? Is the story yeah. legitimate? Do I give? Do I not give? Where do I take them? Where do I, how do I help this person? What would Jesus do? Yes. It's almost impossible. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so we it's have tough. to try and just engage with the conversation and, and, and just the beginning of the journey to yeah. try and connect them into a bigger, yes. a bigger support program. It's pretty tough. I mean, uh, I think in each, each, uh, each um, interaction is very different and, um, and it's very complex. And so I think, but I think the more you, in conversation, the more you listen to people's stories, moment you, the, that's when you start picking up the general threads yes of actually where people where people are at but you learn until i don't know when yeah so i've just loved watching your congregation 
work this out in the space. It feels like our understanding of proclaiming the gospel is changing. We're understanding that the gospel is maybe wider and broader and deeper than what we had initially imagined and that yes. God's desire is for us as a church to actually transform the city that yes. we're in, yeah. involved in and, and, and we should see real real fruits of that. Yes. But maybe just as a final um, throw out to people that are listening, Lex, mm. um, what would what would you encourage the average man, woman, young, old, yes. what can they do in terms of taking their next step, specifically around homelessness? What would you encourage them to explore or do in terms of just their next step of engagement? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot. Oof. I, I, could, I could speak about this stuff <laughs> tomorrow. But I think the one thing is having the right view of people. I think the f- mm-hmm. that's the first thing I think we need to see people as made in the image of God. Yeah. That God loves these people and cares about them. Beautiful. And uh, they might, they're broken, just like us, sinful, just like us. And um, and so we need to see them with eyes full of grace. Beautiful. And, and uh, not projects or anything or, or sideline people. And I think though we give grace to maybe people close to us, like our friends that disappoint us mm. and uh, relatives that we know that disappoint us, I think we need to treat them the exact same and love them and, and, and regularly serve them. I think the one thing I would say, ex- I think particularly around maybe our community and our church, is we need to stay close, close, mm. close to people that are hurting and broken. Yes. We need to be close to the mess because it's so easy to... Um, to, to leave the mess to other people. So easy to, okay, I mean, common good's doing the yes, homelessness and stuff, yes, so that's fine. Just distance yourself. So I'll mm. just, I'll maybe I'll just give my tithes and give. Mm. I know that they're doing a great job, and so I'll leave it. Mm. But actually, I think we all individually need to be close to the mess. Beautiful. And, uh, and we, I think we'll experience God more deeply. And so we'll experience true. His love and His grace so much more deeply in our hearts and in our lives. And so how do we stick close to the mess? I think we need to. Brilliant, brilliant. Lux, thank you so much for giving up your time and your input. Just so fantastic to hear people's journeys and people's stories and 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 the learning so we can all kind of grow from that and learn together. So thank you so much and um yeah, keep keep letting us know how things are going with your congregation and and in the city. Fantastic. Bam, all good. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe to our channel, Living Social Justice, on SoundCloud, or you can find more resources on our website, including our Justice Journey courses, devotional content, and volunteer opportunities. Bye for now.